Just like buses, you wait months for one and then two come along at once. Albion's transfer business is well underway and hopefully there is more to come. We'll be discussing the new arrivals and the arrival of the new championship season all on this week's Baggins Broadcast. We are back and so is the proper, proper football. I'm Johnny Jury. The voice you're about to hear is the reassuring tones of our Albion correspondent, Lewis Cox. Coxie, how are you? Finally, some transfer business to sink your teeth into. Johnny, I'm well. Good to see you, mate. Don't know. That's probably the first time I've ever been called reassuring, but I'll take it while it's here. Um, I wouldn't go that far, but here we are. <laughs> Real spot Saturday. So, yeah, I'm all right, mate. Are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Busy week. Wonderful. Yeah, pretty busy, mate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, weekend really started. Start well. Started kind of Friday night, didn't it? We had back-to-back games, um, and then Bolton was a pretty busy one, kind of overtaken by the Palmer stuff, obviously. Um, worked worked Sunday. We had a bit more on on Palmer and a bit more digging and stuff like that. And then yeah, the weeks the weeks kicked off, hasn't it? Um, although, yeah, I suppose we can go back to last week with Sarmiento, really. It's welcome, don't get me wrong. You know, obviously, on you know, I've been had to be patient and it was quiet on the transfer front and they ended up being the penultimate or if not the very last of the 92 to get their business started. So we all had to be patient, but um, yeah, we got there in the end, didn't we? And I think we can be pleased with the two additions, mate, to be honest. I think it puts our been in a pretty decent place going to Blackburn, I would say. Does indeed. We've got lots to talk about, so we're going to get straight into it. As Coxie said, there new signings: Jeremy Sarmiento came in last week, and Josh Madger yesterday. They're in the building now. Two new players in since the last time we sat down for a, a baggies broadcast. Attacking players, quality players. We'll start with with Sarmiento, really. Coxie, bit of a lowdown on when we can expect to see him. Really, fans have sort of got to know a bit bit about him. Um, obviously. Done quite well at Brighton, well thought of. Some You did a piece last week on some comments from uh, Roberto De Zerbi and Graham Potter, former Brighton manager, ex-Albion player as well. Um, when can we, So just on that, really, I suppose the, the question that fans will have is is when are we going to see, when are we going to see old Jeremy in a in a blue and white striped shirt? Well, I don't, I don't want to nail my colours to the mass stage. I mean, you'll probably just accuse me of sitting on the fence. But in an ideal world, Saturday... Um, I don't think he'll start. I, I, I don't get that impression. Um, I don't think that's what sort of Carlos Corbran was hinting at when we spoke to him after Bolton. However, I think there's a fair chance he could be on the bench. Uh, that, that's reading between the lines, listening to what the, the head coach said. That was the impression I got. Obviously, that's dependent on him coming through this week in training OK. We've got, um, we've got the pre-Blackburn press conference coming up Friday morning. So, of course, we'll have more on, on it then uh, that we'll obviously bring ASAP. But the, the hope... I think will be that he he can be available to play some part, maybe if required on Saturday. Look, if it's one where Albion are there and comfortable and uh, you know have a decent lead or whatever, perhaps he doesn't need chucking on, or perhaps that'll be an ideal way to introduce him. Perhaps you you know you don't want to have to chuck him on if you're searching for a winner in the last ten minutes or something. But of course he could come up with a moment, you know, moment of magic or a bit of spark, couldn't he? Yeah, hopefully. But uh, yeah, it'd be good, wouldn't he, if he's you know, if he's among the match day. It's no longer the match day 18, isn't it? It's now the match day 20 or 21. Should have checked that. But um, yeah, there are more subs now for, for next season. Um, so yeah, I'd like to think there's a place. Check there. it out or you'll be at risk of sounding like Steve Bruce was at the start of last season. I did not think that, that did go through my head. Yeah, yeah. Don't, not knowing the... Uh, yeah, I, I know there's more <laughs> uh, more places on the bench. Sorry, not more subs that can be made. Um, I, it's, it's, even, it's even nine or 10 now. So it's either a match day 20 or match day 21. I think it's 20. Um, yeah, so I'd like to think there'd be a place for Jeremy. And yeah, yeah, if we don't see him, we don't see him. Look, I know before he came to Albion, he'd only been in training a week with Brighton. So he had a metatarsal fracture uh, quite late on in March with his with his um, national side, Ecuador. So that curtailed his season. Obviously, had to work through the summer to get over that. And as I say, he'd only been in proper training with Brighton about a week before checking into Albion. So he's not he's not at the level of his new teammates sort of match sharpness, you know, his progression in terms of pre-season. So Carlos Corbran, uh, you know, wrote it yesterday, essentially said it'd be daft to to chuck him in uh, in alignment with his teammates this early and you'd, you'd be really risking it. So 
yeah, I don't think there's you know very slim chance of seeing him from the off. I, I don't suggest that'll happen. But hopefully we'll see him, Johnny, up in uh, sunny Blackburn. Hopefully, indeed. What about Josh Madger? He's obviously come through the door yesterday. Just your initial reaction on the signing, um, and when when Albion fans might see him in the in the stripes. Uh, I like it, Johnny. To be honest, I, I like Madger. Um, I've seen him before, but not for a while. I have to say, obviously, I, my my French football reporting is. Uh, well, non-existent, to be honest. But um, I saw him early doors, actually. Saw him as a, a very highly regarded Sunderland player. Saw him score goals uh, in the third tier. He was only a teenager then. Obviously, 24 now, isn't he? I think 24 now. Um, but yeah, he had a real breakthrough season when I saw him. and actually earned him that Bordeaux move. Four million to Bordeaux, having just turned 20, which, you know, says a lot. There was a lot of hype. Obviously, a lot of hype built around that documentary as well, which you would say... Did him no favours. I mean, most people probably only know him from that, to, to be honest. You know, those that wouldn't have watched third tier or or sort of been switched on to French football like that. But yeah, um God, I'm I'm excited by his addition. I, I am. I, I think Alvin certainly needed a number nine before the weekend. You know, someone to come in and as a shot in the arm to lift things, to take the load off Thomas Asante. Multiple reasons. You know, I, I'm a fan of Thomas Asante's, but you know, where, where is he going to be this season? Is he going to manage to score more goals than, than he did in his debut campaign? Um, and manages just to be a huge lift. Is it? I, I'm happy that he's a permanent signing and not alone. I think there's something to be gained there in having your own player and having an you know an advantage. He's a player that's was you know still sought after by by other parts. You know, he, he's he's current club or Bordeaux. Obviously, he was out of contract. They wanted to tie him down to a new deal, and that's understandable. The season he had last season in the French second tier was excellent. Um, you know, re- scored goals, involved in assists. You know, played a massive part. I've, I've watched bits, you know, highlights and stuff from that season in his all-round game. Seems exciting and in- impressive. He's got a lot to his game, I think. Um, so I- I'm I'm pleased with it, Johnny. Yeah, I know. Look, people. You got to look on both sides, haven't you? And people are look at the loan at Stoke, which didn't go well. Did he had a second half of the season loan at Stoke? And I, I don't, I don't think Stoke is an easy place to judge anyone by in recent years. To be honest, they've been say up and down, but they've been a it's been a troubled place, hasn't it, for many many players? Let's be honest. And Magic would just been one of several recruits, several loans who struggled to find any consistency in form. So I don't. Look, the, the loan before he was at Fulham in, in the COVID times, and I remember him scoring a few Prem goals, a few important Prem goals, I think, for, for Fulham at the time, um, and, and looking okay in, in his younger 20s. So he's okay there. Look, but let you know, let's go by what he's done most recently, and I think we can be excited. Obviously, he's been a free agent, so he's been tasked with keeping himself fit over the summer. I saw a bit on Instagram yesterday. He posted actually about how he'd been involved with like a, a third party football fitness, you know business firm that, that obviously look after footballers in the off season, maybe those footballers without a club and and how he was really being drilled, drilled there with, you know, sessions over the over the off season and stuff like that. So that he's not been kicking it back with his feet up with a beer like uh like you and I, mate. He's been he's been put through the put through his paces. So I think that's okay. Look obviously he needs to get to tune, get to grips with his new teammates, with style and, and stuff. And yeah, obviously he's match fitness and sharpness having not played friendlies won't quite be where his teammates are but I absolutely think we'll see him Saturday now the, the big the big question is will he start or not and look, I suppose only Carlos Corbran and his staff know that you could go either way couldn't you you could start with him or you could start with Thomas Asante I think the the more sensible argument is probably to start with Thomas Asante just that he's played the friendlies she's a bit more familiar but, but hopefully if that's the case and hopefully we'll get 30 minutes of Madger off the bench on, on the hour and you know be it again Albion are already leading or they need a goal hopefully he can he can play a part but I don't know what you think Johnny but I, I'm I'm quite encouraged by his signing yeah the fact he chose Albion over other suitors because he wanted to play for Corberan um three-year deal I, I like and hopefully it's something that Albion can build I'm aware that that signing centre forwards have come in before recent years and it's not it's not worked at all and but you know, let's let's take into account the head coach. Let's take into account the the form he's had season gone by, and um, yeah, and, and be optimistic about it. I think one thing I would say is that um, Albion's we've we've said it a number of times. Albion's transfer business has been like shoddy, and 
you know, wasteful over recent years. You know, and you, you quote strikers there, you know, you look Grant to Hoare. Um, Charlie Austin scored some decent goals and he only cost £5 million. Pound, but there are other names in there that I'll be yeah. spending money on that haven't worked. I think when you look at this, it's I'm a low risk. Burke, Burke. Yeah, Burke for exact. yeah. But I, if you look at this, I think it's probably a low-risk signing. You know, I yeah. don't know how much money he's on, given Albion the need to trim their wage, but I can't imagine it's going to be like stacks and stacks like it has been for certain players in the past. Um, but he's coming on a free, sort of three-year deal. The guy's only 24. Like, he's got good he figures, well as we said. Exactly. Yeah. If he has a couple of good years at Albion, even if Albion don't collectively do well and get back to the Premier League, his resale value goes up. I think it's a smart signing from Albion. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I've been the first, I've been at the front of the queue in the media being critical of Albion's transfer strategy and I believe quite rightly so, but I think you've got to take your hats off to those involved with this one because it's it's one that if it doesn't go too well, you're not losing an awful lot because you're not forking out a transfer fee. Yes, we know there'll be sign-on fees, etc. because, you know, no free transfer is completely free, but um, I, think, I think it's a smart move and it's one that potentially could earn Albion a bit of money down the line. Yeah, look, it'll be an okay earner. It won't be peanuts. Yeah, he shows Albion over rivals, and yeah, you know, that that won't be on the basis of him getting nothing, you know, relatively at the Hawthorns. However, you're right in terms of uh, in the context of years gone by, clearly, um, on, on the subject of trimming trimming the bill, that's that's where it is now. And I think we, you know, we we know and we can buy into the fact that you can see legs in why a player would want to come and play under a, a coach like Carlos Corbran with the reputation he's got of, of improving players and, and such. So, so yeah, um, you, you bang on about it being, being low risk, Johnny. And, and one thing, actually, I think we probably expected the centre forward to be alone, didn't we? I think we, we've sort of suggested that and that's, yeah. And the head coach said himself that the free agent market, as I sort of relayed on a previous podcast, it's a, it's a tough one because the better ones, you know, command the bigger wages, and Albion might not be in that in that field at the minute. But look, they've made this one work. Uh, we're not saying Madge is a huge global name. Clearly, he's not. But it, you're right in the pond in the field. Albion are shopping with shopping in. Um, yeah, I'm encouraged by it. I, I am, and yeah, quite, sort of quietly optimistic by him. I think he can come in and, and do well. Interesting to hear from the head coach yesterday, wasn't it, when he signed? Um, about playing in a two with Thomas Sante or not, or playing playing solo, and that'll be something to see actually, in as as the season unfolds, won't it? Yeah, it'll be you interesting. Know, to favors the four two three one, and that that's clearly will will be room for just the one. So how how will two fit if they do at all? Let let's see, I suppose. Yeah, we'll see on that one. It's um he's got the options there now. Anyway, hasn't he? Just on other you know other additions, um, Lewis, where we can expect Albion to try, um. And strengthen. We've heard names banded around for various different players. Um, have you heard anything, or, or you know, where are we expect Albion to turn their attentions to next? We heard of um, Sorry Cabra, who was at Cardiff last season. Is that a, is sort of cold water yeah. being poured on that now, given that Madge has um, come through the door? I, we, we debated a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? I think whether how many strikers you know out and out centre forwards would come in and I suggested I'd be tempted to do two but obviously you know where we are in the here and now it's 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 budget dependent let's be honest yeah the the head coach probably wants another one but where's the priority um is it dependent on more going out those those things so um Cabo is certainly on the shortlist certainly being monitored certainly thought of highly I thought my impression is if they could get it to work they they would um and I, I did hear some suggestion that he's still being looked at, you know, as as well as the as well as the Madger loan. However, um, it's clear from the club that Madger and and doing it on a uh, on a permanent deal was a priority. So I think you know we can see that 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 Cabba's sort of bumped down in terms of the to do list. You could say. Um, however, it wouldn't surprise me at all if it if it still came off. I think the, the, there's work as there has been all summer still clearly going on right now to to get players out in the other direction obviously we've done a few reports on on that and you know you, you never want it to but I, I i do think that that could run and run for the, for the rest of this month obviously when we'll when we'll be speaking in exactly a month johnny and september the second doing this podcast you know we'll um it'll all be done and dusted won't it bar the free agent scramble 
Um, and let's hope the free agent scramble doesn't exist this yeah. this this um this season to be honest but yeah um i would suspect i say that i, I don't think the cover thing is is necessarily dead in the water however i think the priorities may may be elsewhere um but you look at the squad now and corbin wanted two in each position and they are two two quality competitive options in each uh, position sorry and i don't think he's far off is he re- realistically however um however as, as you know there's, there's does departures clearly likely? Um, you know, the, the ideal world is Button goes, uh, David Button. See, um, you know, that leaves Josh Griffiths now. Suggestion is obviously interesting. Josh Griffiths this summer. I'd uh, I'd be surprised if that was totally dead in the water. I'm I'm not privy to info that Arbin are actively trying to still move him on for for value. But clearly, if a offer of value comes in, you know, there's work to do there on the keeper front, isn't it? If if two goes, certainly. Um, you know, I'm working on the thesis, obviously, that Alex Palmer's number one now. The uh, we've had the Luton episode. Um, Just on that, Lewis, what's the details around that? Because we we know that the, the the move was off. You know, we've had questions in. Was it a case of Albion rejecting a bid? Was it Carlos Corbran putting the blockers on it? We know he was involved in the conversations surrounding the bid for for, for Palmer. What do we know about that? Are we expecting yeah, well, more interest? I think the Luton interest is dead in the water now, given they're looking at other options. Have wanted to lose him week before the start of the season clearly and we, we saw his reaction to it it was it was terrible timing to be honest the whole thing was quite unfortunate seven days before the start of the season however has blown over now thankfully um the information we got was that um that when the bid came in it was it was considered and it was looked at because of the nature of it that's as we reported because it was a paying full cash upfront offer um, which which Albion have got a you know they, they've got to consider offers haven't they still in the financial circumstances we know as as we know and have reported and as this turned out they're in a position now after the obviously sold Dar O'Shea and one or two other moves that they can that they can negotiate you know that they can stand on their own two feet and knock things back if if they don't need to but they have to consider things and um, just think all, all things considered with the offer obviously a lot of suggestions that it was it was low and there's a lot of knockback from the fan base at, at the office suggested wasn't the rightly so because as we said after Bolton they, they were extremely low weren't they but we do understand that the offer was higher than than was reported however it was it was knocked back um and, and Albion didn't take the hatters up on it and you know I think that's 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 a I think we can read into that as a positive can't we because that would have been a mighty blow on the eve of the season that a mighty blow so for Albion to have the um be in a position where they can where they can say no, where they can... I, I think it's quite encouraging, isn't it? Look, uh, not privy to Luton's finances. They may have, they in another world, may have been able to come back with more and then Albion will have to take it a bit more seriously. But I think when you weigh everything up, when you whether they've weighed the offer up, pros and cons against the finances and then probably Corbrand's stance on it, pros and cons about the season as a whole. Look, uh, I've not been quiet on how much I rate Palmer. I think he's right up there in this division. I think he's excellent. And um, worth more to Albion this season, I would say. When you know, with Baggy's trying to have a have a go, really. Yeah. I mean, not not have a go, but fancying themselves for a top six position, which on the quiet they will, despite this ultra competitive, you know, division. So, um, yeah. So, so in in a nutshell, I suppose knocked it back, and 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 we can all be, I think, pleased that that's the case because. You know, earlier in the summer when the O'Shea thing went through, they'd have seen Dara as a sellable asset and a good bid come in, and obviously there was a release clause which which got triggered, but but that happened. So that's the situation with the with the keepers, the Palmer bid. Look, another club could come in later in the window, of course. Same with any player, but um, the season would have kicked off. And keepers such a specialist position, isn't it? It's it's you sort of have to take that one on its own merit, and I think that's what Albion did. So I, I was just about to say, Johnny. I mean, I haven't necessarily heard this concrete concrete sort of thing and and it has been quiet all summer but right back remains a problematic situation in my mind and and it is something we not that we haven't had the chance but that within other things to ask the head coach about on on saturday it sort of got a bit sort of lost and pushed to the side but i i do think carlos corbran will be fielding questions about that particular spot really before you know you know before the championship starts this weekend because at the end of the day he, he wanted the two in every position and it's a bit of a murky situation with right back, isn't it? And and it has been for a while. And look, Furlong's clearly still number one 
And then where do you go? You go to Ethan Ingram and you go to Taylor Garden Hickman. One's a, one's an academy prospect who I, I like. I like Ingram and I think the head coach does the impression I get. However, he's had no loans, no senior football. Big ask for him to be back up. He, you know, he needs a loan realistically. He needs to go and have a full season in League One or, or whatever. And it could do wonders for him. It could, talking a, a year down the line. But aside from Gardner Hickman, whose best footballer is clearly in centre midfield, even though he's far down the pecking order there, there's, there's no one else. Uh, I don't know quite how Corbrand sees Gardner Hickman as a right back, but he sees him as a midfielder. Um, I think he'd probably see him as an emergency right back. I mean, we saw Matt Phillips as an emergency right back, didn't we? And, and no one really wants to see that. Um, so if I was a betting man, which I'm not, um, I'd, I think that put a few pence on on Albin being in the market for a right back. And again, that's something we'll look to, to ask the head coach. But from the Spaniards' words about two for each position, that's that's clearly the one for me. I mean, I know we had the Adam Reach news yesterday, didn't we? Which we might touch on a bit about him being you know, injured for a lengthy period for four months with surgery and that leaving a bit light at left back. But I know Ashworth's gone, but to, in my mind, Eric Peters is a second choice there. I know we come to know him as a centre-half, but he's a left back and he'll be a backup left back for Townsend. So I don't think that's, even with the Reach news, anywhere near as much as a priority as right back. That's how I see that. Um, and just to finish off in a nutshell, mate, I think there could still be work to do in centre midfield and I think in the wide positions. But you know, do our our being able to get Dean Garner out the door, ideally, to to make you know good money. You would hope, you would say. That's certainly the reports and the intel I've had. Um, mm. Look, Dean, I know people have mixed opinions on that, but he he's not a first choice, is he? He's not in the ele- the, the planned eleven. His pecking order was behind Wallace, behind Phillips. Obviously, Sarmiento's come in, so it's a sellable asset. That there's that, but I would say. I've mentioned those three there. I'd like to see another in if if Dean Garner goes. Another good option to come in to make it four wingers, to make it two possibles on each side. So I could see that. And um yeah, I could I could possibly see a world where the centre midfield gets gets shuffled around. You know, Chalaber in an ideal world gets off the books, who obviously has been interested previously in the summer. There's a lot of chat chatter about Gardner Hickman yesterday, wasn't there, Johnny? And I, I haven't been able to stand that up yet. Not got any of our intel on that, that was sort of knocked back from what I understand. But loading Gardner Hickman out, I don't think I'd do it if if I was calling the shots. However, I could see why I think that could possibly be a thing, why it could possibly work. I think for the players' development to play all season or to play a lot of football. The only truth in it, Lewis, obviously that's the next point we've got on our list of, in terms of people. In terms GGH, uh, no, as I say, the, the intel we've had is not at the minute, but look, that's that's not to say it could be in the works and Albion might see value in it. I, I don't think, I don't get the impression that Albion would want to sell him. I, I don't. Um, however, Would it, be, know where would it be an own goal to get rid of him? Yeah, Either yeah. Alone or people made Sam Field comparisons yesterday, didn't they, yesterday, and, and I'd see that. I don't know about an, an own goal, Johnny, and I is a divisive figure, isn't he? And everyone's got their opinions. I, I'm a fan of his. Um, however, how close do I think he is to the starting midfield? Two, not particularly. And and Moet's been a bit of a star of pre-season, really. So you could argue, you know, where where is Taylor in, in the pecking order type thing? So that's why I'm saying alone, I could see value. You know, in in, in TGH going to play a lot of football. And coming back a better player, and I'll be getting a better player for it. And and but again, I like in the wide positions. I just said with Grady going out, I, if I was in charge of it, and how I see it is, it would only be sanctioned if if one could come in and add to that real competitiveness for for this season and be a a better it'd be a closer option to knocking on the door of Akai of of Malumbi of Moat to to strengthen Albion. That's that's what I see it, possibly. Um, wriggle room there um, as a position to, to maybe work on. But, I, you know, I'm not saying that I would look want to or look to to get Gardner Hickman out, out on a loan. I just see, I, I think, a loan, I see a world where a loan for him could possibly be beneficial in all parties. But just to reiterate, I, you know, a lot of rumours on that at the moment. I haven't haven't heard that for, for anywhere near definite yet. Otherwise, obviously, we'd be bringing reports on it. So, um, yeah, it's to be seen in that, that midfield ranks, but I wouldn't, Totally ruled it out, and um, and yeah, as as the Dean Garner one rumbles on, obviously plenty of active interest in him. Again, if that happens, I, I would I would like to see a replacement. 
Talk to me about David Button. Bit more stories this week that he's heading to Reading. Reading are in the financial mire. Um, I think they're under a transfer ban as well. They are under a new embargo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, is he going? Is he staying? From all from all accounts, I think if 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 and when Reading are sorted, Johnny, as far as I've heard, um, and I don't know the ins and outs of Reading's situation. I think there's a HMRC issue I read yesterday. Um, briefly had had a look at that. I think was it last week possibly. Um, they, they have recruited this summer, haven't they, Reading? There was a period where they were able to bring in, I, I, I believe. Um, so, from what I've read and what I can gather, what I've heard, um, Reading are interested. And I think I think the suggestions that that could get done once it can be done. So, that would be good news for Armin, good news for all parties, you'd think. Look, there's a world where things change and Reading's situation doesn't ease or you know, maybe the keeper has a change of heart or, or whatever, but... I think it's uh, in everyone's interest for that to happen, as I touched on with the keepers earlier, and then, and then we see. I think, and then Albion's two, two keepers for the season are Palmer and and Griffiths, or that possible interest in Griffiths could, you know, could crank back up and could sort of return and and look, something could come in that Albion can't turn down. But but yeah, I think when we spoke to Carlos at length about keepers last weekend, he very much made the the shout that he, the way he saw it pre Luton partner interest was that he had two very good goalkeepers to work with for the season. So so yeah, um in like in an ideal world, button to to Reading or, or whoever other clubs were interested obviously um goes through but um probably hinges on on the Royals situation unfortunately for Albion. Yeah. Right, time for an advert as always the Baggies broadcast is brought to you in association with the Kettle and Toaster Man, the best place to get all your Household goods, not just cows and toasters, but an absolute range of items. And I'm actually making a special trip to the Kettle and Toaster Man tomorrow. I'm going to have a bit of a bit of a mooch around, see what he's got on offer, see what sort of quality goods he's got down there. So if I see anything I fancy, I'll uh, I'll bring back a recommendation to you, Baggy's broadcast listeners, next week. But if you want to have a look yourself, you can head along to the showroom, Thorns Road in Briley Hill, or you can go online with kettleandtoasterman.co.uk. Right, we have a lot of questions to get through this week. A lot indeed. So, Coxie, buckle up. Strap Let's in. go. Strap in. Alan for Newport. Uh, no question, but just a bit of praise for Lewis for breaking the palm news on Sunday night. I've had a moan in the past, but wanted to acknowledge some great work. Well done. Much appreciated. Much appreciated by us, Baggies. Cheers, Alan. I'm sure Lewis very much appreciates that. Um, Baggies breakdown. Predicted position, top goals, top assists. On the spot. I want you to rattle through this answer quickly. Well, Cox, and, top and predicted position because we've got a lot to get through. Okay. Oh. Position. Um. Six. Top goals. God, that's heart overhead. That isn't it. Six. Jeez. Top goals. Head's, Come on. Heads probably eighth or ninth. You're not going to get me to go any quicker, Johnny. Putting me on the spot like this. I am. Yeah. I'm going to make you to go quick. I know. I know what you like with timings. Well, Baggy's yeah. broadcast listeners remember for last season. Uh, <laughs> top scorer. Uh, mm, oh, oh wow, Madger. That's a big shout. Top assists. Uh, do we need numbers as well? Or? No, no, no. All oh, right, assists. Um, top assists. Wallace. There we go. That answers the question. Baggy's breakdown. CJ. I nearly, I nearly went DK, but he might not be playing until December. Yeah, or January, might yeah be, so. it's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough one. Yeah. CJ got in touch. With, simple one. Uh, what do we need? Granted, we get in that nine to challenge for promotion. That was on three days ago. Yeah, so, so obviously Josh Madge is coming between now <laughs> and then. Um, what do we need? You know. What what we were just touching about about the wide options then and the the ability out wide and the I'd like to see a a bit more potency from there you know and and that's assuming that I can only really see a world of change if the Grady thing goes through and uh, you know I'm not not a Dean Garner fan but I just think in the context of the here and now and the situation we're in I think you know a fresh start for him may be needed and that'll be not where they are financially so that needs to be worked if it can um, and if and if if they can, you know, do any work on the back of that, like I feel, I feel they have to, be it alone or if they can work another permanent, I'd like to see just a bit more productivity come from out wise. You know, a bit more in terms of assists from out there, goal involvement, you know, getting on the score sheet. I think that would would help massively. Um, and I just think if, look, if 
if we're in a world come the end of the year where Maja, Thomas Sante, and then DK can get within the goals, then I think I'll be in a be in a pretty good place. Yeah. Well, there you go. Sum that one up quite nicely. Nate Aldridge. I've always been intrigued by this. Do sources that you get from the club get passed down to every reporter that takes over, or do you have some sort of relationship with that source? For example, do Matt Wilson and Joe Massey's sources get passed down to Lewis? This is a two-part question. Um, or do they refrain from giving information unless you have some sort of relationship with them? And how hard is it in this day and age with so-called Twitter ITKs in the nose for uh, you not as well-educated people in social media terms, um, especially to fish out what's true and what isn't. That's a bit of a bit of a grenade, isn't it? Bit of a bombshell question. It is. That, big that big question. Uh, can't entire, you know, can't answer entirely, and sort of. Uh, the, the the game of being a club correspondent is, is quite a difficult one to. You you'll know and be able to back me up on this, Johnny. Quite a difficult one to explain. Um, to, to those not sort of privy with, I suppose, the media and how it works and all that. But, and and obviously, you know, would be careful with what I say here because the, the point of sources of information is that, you know, reporters and journalists don't reveal them ever. Like, that's unwritten rule of journalism 101. You know, you, you never reveal your sources. They could be from all walks of the sport, all walks of the game, you know, be from a club, be from different departments of the club, be from a player, agent, representative, family, player themselves. You know, they're, they're, they can all be involved in it and have, yeah, in my experience, have been a reporter over the years, all been involved in, in all of those things. So, you know, as I say, family member as well. Um, in terms of from the club, yeah, you, you know, we, we have relations with the media department in the club that's how it works with every reporter and every media team um but these differ from club to club from sort of publication to publication um yeah and i suppose with any relationship things develop over time oh, i'm not i'm not specifically talking about mine here i know it was asked but um with any relationship with any working relationship or non you know I guess you get to know people better over time and things like that. And, and it also takes time to know people, I suppose. But, you know, you, within the game, you stay in touch with people and people have different bits of information about different things. And, and that's just just how it works. It's a bit of a it's a bit of a complex one. And I, I think you know, most in my game, our game would would agree with what I've just said there. It's quite a difficult one to explain. Um, but yeah, I hope that's got some sort of, you know, some sort of answer to it there. It's it's not straightforward, and this is how it's done, you know, from from a club perspective or a reporter perspective. So, you know, there'd, there'd be times when a club is more happy for a report to to be out there. It might be more in their interest. There are times when obviously they want to keep things for hush. So, you know, there, there might be times where there there may be times where there'll be um, easier to offer up any information or not but I you know I can't really give more examples than that because it's it's each case is is different really and and stuff like that so yeah it's um I think people listening would probably I remember before I started you know going back maybe 10 years or whatever um being just a football fan and following stuff and listening to stuff and following reporters and and being fascinated by it too I have to say it is interesting and I think if if fans would sort of come and experience it for the day and sort of shadow it and what we get up to I think they I think probably would find it interesting but it's not as Johnny will back me up on this it's certainly not a glamorous life and as as you know this whole kind of undercover reporter thing sort of might portray but um yeah it's 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 I was about to say it's good fun but it's mostly extremely frustrating because kind of the the output is often just like a small percent of the effort you take around mm. all in people and contacts and different people about different things people in the game and that's just what you got to do it's not always is it's really not always easy in fact it's anything but easy it's the, the hardest thing to to build and maintain contacts of, of people that know things about things in the game not just the club and you know 
people at the club you don't don't yeah the the, the general you know they're, they're not really gonna wanna speak they, they don't wanna um you know that i suppose they want to surprise fans with signings don't they that that's their their dream you know for their their content and their productions they want to break news and that's that's the idea from clubs that you know people don't go out of the way to to to, to leak things like that um and going on to the second bit about the you know social media in the nose stuff like that it happens across all clubs to be honest um sort of experienced it in previous roles um you have to take much of it with a pinch of salt i would say there are often a lot of rumors flying around a lot of things turn out to be baseless or don't go anywhere um look and for uh, a publication's point of view such as ours you can't and don't go reporting anything because you know it we, ends up being we get held to it on this but i read this question i thought it was a really good question and yeah across the last sort of couple of weeks when the, the albion sort of rumor twitter transfer mill started to turn a little bit quicker you know fans have been saying you know having a go at local reporters you know and we get a lot of flack and we're in the public eye so it comes with the territory but i think what people have to remember is that we get held to a higher standard than someone someone on twitter and that's not discrediting what they know you know we 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 see these things on social media and we obviously think that those people must have pretty good sources because sometimes they get stuff right equally sometimes they get stuff wrong and we just we can't jump on stuff like that straight away because we have it has to be it has to be stood up if 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 we went out there and said x y and z west brom are going to sign x y and z but we've got no proof for it you know that could damage relationship with clubs with sources etc but if someone on twitter does it and that's not saying they're any less worthy of, than we are but if they say it then there's not a lot of comeback on them if they get it wrong um so that's why sometimes for example you know there was a few twitter rumblings about josh Madger before lewis reported it but lewis was the first one to report it because he was the first one to get it stood up and confirmed so i think that's just and not a lot i suppose a lot of people realize that's the case but some people don't and some people sort of take to twitter and speak about people in a negative way which i feel is a little bit unfair but yeah a lot of people don't realize that but it's just we get held to a higher standard than someone on social media yeah and i would uh, you know say again that johnny's right to say you know, obviously people out there where stuff does leak who puts, puts fan accounts or people who you know they're obviously connected in some way um with whoever might know something uh, not not always the case and not everything comes off and that's why johnny's saying we you know we have to stand things up we have to be accurate we have to be seen to be a publication that people trust and that's that's the sort of fulcrum of of our outlet so yeah um but you know nothing against what what people who you know are out there um who do and and have those connections you know good good on them um you know i think there are a lot of people out there who want you know people want to have information don't they and want to be knowing things it's perfectly perfectly normal um mm. but obviously you know from our perspective and our reputation of being someone to trust we we as johnny rightly said we can't just run with every rumor under the under the sun yeah uh joe uh wva underscore joe uh which young player from the top six or the sorry the big six in the premier league would you sign on loan um which player from the big six yeah, my Premier League knowledge is not um, not fantastic. The guy at City, Palmer, but they won't get him because he plays in the Champions League. He's a young player, isn't he? Cole Palmer. He's yeah, quite yeah, good. yeah. It'd be, it'd be, it's He's quite handy. We saw a few Albion fans yesterday talking about Lewis Hall from Chelsea. Um, yeah, left back. He's yeah. done quite well. He's done quite well. Um, He's good there. Um, uh, there's um, <laughs> there's a top, 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 and I can't. Um, I can't say this enough. A young winger at Liverpool um, called Ben Doak, Scottish, came from Celtic, and he's very much the real deal. Only 17. However, I think he's so much the real deal. He may well have bypassed the Championship loan, um, so that's unfortunate. However, if he was available, um, I'd be trying to move planets if if Albion could. Uh, honestly. Uh, is that good but uh so yeah that that's an easy answer for me however if i did have dead air time to look through the squads i think we'd be able to think of 
quite quite a few more. Um, mm. Arsenal have got a good midfielder, Patino, <clears throat> at alone at Blackpool last season, and I think he's been really yeah. to, to move out this summer. I don't know if anything's gone through, but again, we were speaking about centre mid earlier, weren't we? And City will have loads, won't they? Loads of talents um, that that would all you would wager bring some to the squad. But uh, yeah, I, I mentioned Doak there. He's, he's certainly one. Calvin Ramsey of Liverpool went to Preston at the start of the wing window, and he's a right back. Again, came from Scotland. Uh, very, very highly rated one that I dare say would have possibly done a job at Albion in the right back department. Yeah, but, uh, yeah good question that. Yeah. Uh, Jess Ackwood, in light of the Palmer deal not going through because of money we received from O'Shea's sale, um, how did we allow O'Shea to go for under his release clause? Is there a contract in place? How does this happen? Sorry, this is going back a bit now. Player contracts confuse me. I think this is a short answer, Cox. I believe the release clause was activated. Um, yeah, that's that's what the um, that's what I understand in the report was was at the time. Yeah, um, seven million, and obviously it's a situation where look, clubs have info and people in football speak and. Burnley and perhaps other clubs would have obviously discovered said clause and been able to been able to work it and take advantage of it. I think we said at the time, didn't we? In a different world, a different landscape, Albion would have been able to command more money for O'Shea. However, that clause was there, unfortunately. You know, that's something that the agent and player would have negotiated. Um, probably, possibly a clause if Albion didn't go up um, would have been would have been the case. Look, Dara deserves a move. We're, we're don't doubt that, do we? It's just a shame that it couldn't have been more. Or it's a shame that Albion were in a different position where they were you know, in the division above and they could have kept yeah. him because we all agree he could have become, you know, a bit of a academy graduate legend, couldn't he? And um, But I think in, in, in the climate, you know, in the context of where they are to get the fee that they got was, you know, uh, OK, I think. And obviously done Albion a bit of a favour this summer on, on the wider scale. Samuel Patel, an obvious well, this is, goes back to the social media stuff, an obvious one, but does social media now whip up fans into a frenzy um, more than it would 10 years ago? Meltdowns now daily, <laughs> seen daily, um, for example, the Palmer situation. <clears throat> or is more transparency, transparency with the fans now a good thing overall, would you say? I think it does melt, get people into a meltdown, doesn't it? Um, I think I think the, the most telling thing for me the other day was, you know, Alvin conceded four and I don't think any of them were really Josh Griffiths' fault. And everyone sort of turned on Josh Griffiths after the news we'd had prior to the game. Well, yeah, I mean, Alex Palmer became the story, didn't it, of the day. Um, But I think it's like anything, isn't it? Before social media, it was showing our age just about it, mate. But before social media, it was like um, fan forums, wasn't it? Um, You know, and fans of a slightly older generation listening will obviously well remember that when the computers and internet started people would log on to fan forums and do it all on there and before that you know it'd be in the pub wouldn't it i mean it's still yeah. in the pub, it'd be sort of solely in the pub or you know social occasions or you know newspaper columns i suppose where where people you know would write in and things like that or you know on the terraces as well so it's just development isn't it and when when social media dies out which um you know you could argue certain platforms are on their way and trying their best to um, there'll be something else, won't there? I, I dare say that we'll have to uh, progress with to to report stuff. But yeah, there's no doubt it whips people into a, a frenzy, isn't there? And you know, there's this big platform for, you know, rightly so, I suppose, every man and his dog to to have their say because everyone's got an opinion. Yeah, no, good uh, good question there, sir. Uh, Richard Diamond, um, any ground in particular you're looking forward to visiting? And name the ground you are not looking forward to visiting. Ooh. Certainly ones I'm looking forward to visiting. I have I have already replied on Twitter saying I can't say Luton this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm 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 one of them's early actually. Second league away day in, third away day in total, including the League Cup at Leeds. I'm very look, much looking forward to going to Ellen Road. First eight, partly because it's a new ground for me and those listening, certainly Johnny will know I love going to new grounds. Um but Obviously, a lot, yeah, a lot comes with going. You're ground nerd, aren't you? Ground hockey, ground boffin. You well, yeah. I just because I've been, to, yeah, I've been to enough. I'd like to do as many as I can. That's basically <laughs> it. A bit of like my OCD thing, trying to like. Doxy was that excited to go to Forest Green the other day. Absolutely, was, so excited, and I was like, I'm not coming, mate. The I'm only person of the Albion persuasion 
the only person of an album persuasion looking forward to that I was the only to be fair I know I know a couple of others who hadn't been to that ground you know there are there are many out there who'll be listening who'd like to go to new places I think it's I've got a few that I've got a few that I'm not looking forward to this season just for me Leeds um I would say I've not been to Leicester Leicester's Leicester's one I want to go to yeah but it's not Leeds has got that sort of history and heritage hasn't it Ellen Road old ground like atmosphere and all that I don't I don't quite think Leicester brings that Although it's still a new one for me, and it's close, which is welcome, isn't I bet it? Leicester, I bet Leicester would have good scrum, wouldn't they? Yeah, I mean, we we you know parking and Premier food, League scrum. Parking and food is you know is the big wins, isn't it? As those who listen to this podcast will know. But yeah, any new one really. I mean, I didn't, I did just selfishly, I didn't do Swansea last season on the last day because of my stag do. So looking forward to going now. I think that's New Year's Day this season. Uh, but all the League Ones that have come up, I've done because I've spent half my life in League One, which is. Uh, yeah, we've got a few miles to cover for those, haven't we? Ipswich and Plymouth. Um, yeah, not good. And not looking forward to you do yours, Johnny, and then I'll have a think. I'm not looking forward to uh, uh, Hull because it takes ages to get to your seat, and we're in a stand that no one sits. And when it's it's when it's sunny, it's cold. Is that permanently closed? That stand? Yeah, well, it must be. It must be. I don't know why they've got that big of a ground. Um, <laughs> Millwall because it's Millwall. Yeah. Um, QPR, because the press box is that tight. It's a bit pokey, isn't it? It's pokey, and I'm, I always have to get out like 80, 80th minute to go and interview fans, and I'm always in the middle of the row, and QPR is a nightmare. Now, I don't think I'm a massive chap, but I'm certainly not stick thin, and it is a nightmare to get out of them. So it's third-world problems, I'm telling you. Um, I would go nothing against Sunderland, but I've been there too many times now you know it's, it's a nice ground actually it's really you know it's, it's a good ground and the food's good and the welcome's good but it's yeah the, other, ditto, ditto the other one i'm looking forward to sheffield wednesday yeah that's a good best, point isn't it that'll be the best atmosphere this season sheffield that's wednesday. a good point yeah they great, make some noise great uh, grounds great grounds nice drive to get there it is, yeah, yeah i've only been once but yeah i, I forgot those yeah yeah very much so so yeah the northeast's I've done Sunderland a lot more than Middlesbrough, so I, I won't mind. Middlesbrough was the opening day last season, and I just hadn't started in this role, so I missed that. But I have been one, so I, I won't mind yeah. going there again. But Sunderland done loads. But Plymouth, yeah, other than the obvious too far thing, um, again, Albion fans won't have been to Plymouth in a long time. Have you ever been, Johnny? No. Yeah, my, I know. My, few, I might book it off. A few won't have been, and a few won't have been to a long time. I've been to it loads. Um so I, I would ordinarily not be looking forward to that. But it's not a bad place to go in terms of the ground. And it's a lovely weekend. Like I always try and make a weekend of Plymouth with yeah. my significant other. So I will try to be doing that again, as long as it's a Saturday. I think it's a Saturday, isn't it, Plymouth? Um, I have to say Norwich and Ipswich. You know, that, that with respect to both clubs, got nothing against them other than they can both get in the bin, really, in terms of away days. Mm. Um, that, that A road just goes on far too long. There's no other way. Why is there no motorway? Someone, someone tell me. The yeah. people that spend half their lives on motorway, like you and I, you know, feel uncomfortable where there's no motorway. You know, um, just takes forever. And yeah, Ips- Ipswich. Have you been to Ipswich, Johnny? You might not have. No, never been. Like Chef Wednesday, and um, our baggage fans who've been here will will back me up. It, it can make a good atmosphere there. Good, you know, decent fans can make a noise. Um, so it's a good one, yeah. And it's got it's got a bit of history to it. Portman Road with that, yeah, it's got. European adventures on the walls and stuff like that. It's, it's good. Um, yeah, but I've been there in Norwich a few too many times now. Yeah, it's a long, uh, long, long way. A few uh, final questions. A few people have asked about position finishes and stuff, which we're going to wrap up at the end of the um, of the podcast. Uh, Happy B79, you find £55 lying on the ground in Halford's Lane. Which of the three shirts do you buy? Oh, what a question. What, what a question. Super. These questions and that and the best grounds, I can feel like people who listen to this and only like to listen to football chat are busted when we read these questions out. Um, I'll be buying that blue and red number. Big fan of that. Would you? Big fan of, oh, big fan of that shirt. That's nice. I wouldn't be buying I wouldn't be buying the other one, the other away blue one, white, because you look, you look, look like they should be stacking cones on the M54. Um <laughs> And then blue and white shot. for me, Johnny. Home blue kit, and white. I think. Blue yeah. and white. Blue and white's nice, but yeah. I'm with you. The blue and red's nice. Is definitely the better of the away kit. I'm not having that lime zesty number. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, the, the the home one I think is superb this year. I do, and uh, yeah. I, I love obviously the thought behind it with um, Assel, um with Jeff Assel, and yeah, I, I I would go with that home one. I do like that away one though. It's decent. Yeah, the no, blue and red. Decent. Um, another question, the last Blair right? Um, clearly all our players are available for the right price. Um, yeah, okay, Wallace and Swift are three best question mark and all once why. And if we don't go up this year, could their contracts make them some of our worst business ever? Um, I'm not too sure about that one. There's quite a lot of names above that there in the list. Um, yeah. I don't think people are going to pay for them. There are probably on decent contracts, which clubs would have to take on, which probably puts them off. Also, they're not old, but they're not, well, young, they're not young players. Yeah. Um, and you don't know. There could have been offers come in for these players that Alvin have just batted back or interest. I would, I would be surprised if clubs haven't had a sniff around all three of them because they are good players. I think it's easy to say. I think OK and Wallace did really well last season. I thought John Swift was under par, but you know, didn't become a bad player overnight. Um, I'd agree with that. I thought Wallace and Okai had fine personal seasons. To be honest, uh, I think Wallace was one of, if not Albion's best player, probably Albion's best player. However, still below his high levels in terms of yeah. goals and assists. And assists, not his fault, is it? He can cross all day, as he does, and they're often very good. But if no one's there to stick it in the net, that's not Wallace's fault, is it? You know, what, what else can he do? Um, but in terms of giving it the all for the club, which is what fans should expect, rightly so, Wallace is right up there. Um, I think he had a good season. I think he's been a good signing and will continue to be. Okai took a bit of time, didn't he? Understand? We know the reasons why, but came into his own. Um, I think for for several months was was very good and will be this season, I believe. Swift, I agree with you, Johnny. Needs to do better at times, um, and hopefully we'll see that. Yeah, you know, had 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 good games, plenty of them, but numbers you need to be better, as he admitted himself. And I think there's a player there that can and should do it. However, we mm. need to see it. We need to see more of that red inform, don't we? So yeah, um, hopefully it will come and. Uh, yeah, hopefully I'm going to just be a bit more potent. That will help Swift as well, you, you know, you'd, you'd imagine. Yeah. Uh, ben Holden, uh, with a gaffer trying to get Chalaber out this window, was he ever Carlos's sign, signing in the first place? Uh, interesting question. Doubt will, will Good question. Um, but what, what I would say is, what I would say is he wouldn't have come in without Carlos Corbin giving it the green light. So, yeah, it wouldn't have been done under him or above him without him. I say wanting him, but you know they have a close relationship, Pierce uh, Corbran, and obviously it was Ron Gaul at the time, but but Pierce and Corbran certainly, and look, there would have been shortlists, those available. It's hard players, especially when you haven't got any money. Players don't just become available in January. They've either had bad seasons and not been involved, or really good seasons, and you need to buy them for 20, 30 million. So there's obviously it's obvious which pool of that Albion were in, and Charlie hadn't been involved, and needed to get out be it a loan or perm obviously it ended up being a perm on a, on a nominal and yeah it wouldn't have gone through if Corbyn didn't want him there'd have just yeah. been that hope there that something could have been sparked and it just hasn't unfortunately and and now he's in a situation where hopefully interest can be firmed up and yeah. you know deal for all parties final two um we'll go for a one word answer on this Coxie for yeah. both of us Alex Collins who do you think will be the surprise player of the season You first. This, this this dead sound is us thinking, by the way. Oh, I've got mine. I've got mine. Got you're just going for, yeah, you're just going first. Oh, oh I'll go first then, in case yeah. you steal mine. I would say Tom Fellows. Shout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great shout. Great shout. I'll say... Mower. Good shout. Cheers for your question, Alex. Cheers for your question. Uh, baggy bloke or baggy 1971, we'll finish on this question. Do you think that considering the transfer pool we are currently fishing in and given the financial constraints the club are working under that MM, Mark Miles and IP, Ian Pierce have been unfairly criticised on social media? Personally, think our business has been very good considering everything. It's an interesting um, it's an interesting take and I think you've got a really good, really valid point there. Um I'm always of the thought that people could always be doing more. I think everyone in any job could always be doing more. But I think what they've done is decent. I think you look at it on the face of it, you know, everyone was having an absolute meltdown a few weeks ago and no one had come through the door. But that didn't mean to say that hard work wasn't going on behind the scenes. And if I was a prediction man then or a betting man, I would bet that 
Albion probably missed out on for three, four, five targets probably, or or have shown solid interest in them that we just haven't heard about and it hasn't come out. Um, yeah, they watch. were trying to they were trying to do we we had to be patient, didn't we? And and the club said because of the situation you need to be patient. Not ideal that Albion end up being the last club to do business, and I don't want to make too much of that, but obviously that's gonna yeah test fans' patience, isn't it? Like it's getting close to the season type thing. Um, but I. Like Johnny's just said, yeah, I don't, I don't think that blame lasts, you know, rests with anyone. That's just how things are because of the ownership and no investment. And that's just how it is. So tough job. Um, perhaps players could have been bought in earlier. They'd have been trying. But that would just be for the sake. Why work for the sake of it when your top targets become available later? You know, Sarmiento doesn't become available until Brighton don't decide to take him to America. Major would have had suitors options all summer and he just had to weigh it up where you know where, where he wanted where was the better offer that's how freeze work late late on a lot of the time um i know they were trying for one or two options earlier in the window that you know for obvious financial reasons clubs beat them too and they would have been you know these decent players decent options but look if someone's offering them whoever 10 grand a week more or more or more than that um then you know you're pretty sure where <laughs> where those targets are going to go realistically. You know there are big clubs at this level uh, as well as Albion, aren't there? And and clubs you know financially with bigger aspirations, you would say, and that makes it tough. That's yeah. the bottom line. And I'm not, you know, I'm not leaping trying to leap to the defence of the the club people here. I'm just trying to spell out how I see it, how how it is, and um, have to be patient. And yeah, it's only two at the moment expect it to be more um hope it to be more expect it to be more and but i think as i said right at the top can be pretty pleased with who's coming yeah pretty pleased indeed uh questions thank you very much for all those baggies fans right we're going to wrap up briefly because we've been here for a while uh blackburn this weekend coxie um score prediction one more sitting on the sorry johnny sorry the fence Come on. Get off the What fence. are you saying then? Give me yours. Oh, 4-0. Four, four, right, okay. Nah, so I'm joking. 2-1. 2-1. 2-1, Josh Madger, 98th minute. Do, do you know, when when you said score prediction, 2-1 album was the first that come into my head. However, I've already gone heavy heart overhead this pod with a six-place prediction. Well, I'm going to ask you to do heart and head now. I'm going to ask you for two predictions that we'll revisit after the 46th game of the season. Oh, dear. I'm going to ask you for where you... Where you the, the maximum in the terms of table position, highest position you think Albion can finish and where you think they will finish. Judge, okay. on the current squad. Highest. So first one, highest, where you think, you know, the highest position you think Albion can finish. Fifth. Fifth. And where do you honestly, realistically, in your head? In my head. In my head, I mean, I've said six earlier, so there's a bit of me that doesn't want to veer from that to sound hypocritical. But if uh, if I'm nailing my colours to the mask with a proper head shout, ah, oh, pains me to think or say outside the playoffs, Johnny. No, I'm gonna stick with six, you know. Six, yeah. Yeah, I got, I got, I've got. I, I, I believe that Albion will be on the there or thereabout. There's that phrase, there or thereabouts, on uh, of the edge of the playoffs all season and. As long as Carlos Corbran remains in charge, I think they've got a good chance of sneaking in there. So you want to go steady, mate? You'll be accused of being a happy clapper if you carry on being so positive. I nearly said eight. <laughs> well, I just think there's a very, very good manager. Yeah. And a good squad of players. You know, I I realise it's a strong division and there are lots of strong clubs, but I don't, and that's why I wouldn't go higher than fifth in terms yeah. of where they can because you look at the clout of the clubs above them. You know. There you go. Coxie is uh, the reassuring well, tones of Coxie has spoken. I can do that if you want. Well, I think you could give a bit of healthy competition going. Highest position, it? fourth. I think they'll finish. I think they'll finish fifth. Oh, got one more than me. Going bold, you mate. Going bold. <laughs> going bold, mate. No, I'm just not going on the fence. Uh, there's no reason. There's no reason for you to be sitting on the fence when you sit. Mate, we've like, both gone fifth or six. We are. Yeah, um, we are Wembley. Wembley bound. Carlos, the hotel. Carlos, we trust. Um, Carlos will be unhappy that we haven't said second, to be honest. Yeah, maybe. 
maybe. There we go. But we'll, uh, Baggies fans, we'll see a lot of you at Ewa Park on uh, on Saturday. I'll see three of you tomorrow evening for the first Baggies broadcast fan chat show of the season, where I'll be asking you for your predictions. Um, so there we go. Championship is back. The players have been signed in amongst all the doom and gloom. There's a little bit of a feel-good factor back around the Baggies, and it'll be even better with three points on Saturday. As I said, I'll be back on Thursday evening with the fan chat show. But until next time on the Baggies broadcast podcast, from me and from Coxie, it's boing boing. Boing boing.